It's me, Jack, from Long Term Memory, and today I'm joined uh, by Minister Colin McMillan. How are you, mate? I'm good, thank <laughs> you. And um, yeah, I've been waiting for this one. Um, I, got, I, I, I don't like steal, stealing a Jack story here, but I got a, t- a hastily sent text message confirming that I was now Minister uh, last night. <laughs> and um, I've, got no, I've got no idea why, I don't know what it entails. I'm a, I, I'm a bit taken aback by the whole thing, so explain yourself. I don't know, mate. I just thought it'd be funny. So you're an ordained minister, um, so you can marry people. But I think you need to go to America. But you love America, so um, if you do go to America and somebody says, "Can you well, marry le- us?" You so can say legit, yes. Legit, I can do that now. I it's it's through I sent the certificate as well. It's through some like literally ask for a name and an email address. So I don't quite know um, how super official it is, but yeah, I, I think you can carry out. Weddings now, if you go to America. Okay, well, if anybody's listening and they're engaged and would like me to um, administer their wedding, I would be extremely delighted to do so. Uh, I will do it for free as long as you fly me over there. And uh, I would very much like to be part of your special day. So if you'd like to make your special day as special as possible, inbox me. Yeah, yeah, it was just for a bit of content, really, mate. That wee bit of content we just did there. I also signed Good. up to a bunch of weird newsletters that we'll probably cover over on our Patreon at points. Um, yes, I, I, and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I've had a few already, and I've already fucking deregistered from them. <laughs> you better know of mine. That's for, that's for content. That's all it's there for. You dickhead, don't unsubscribe. That's, that's a shared inbox. Don't oh be fucking unsubscribing. Um, bit more badmouth Scientologist. I watched a really interesting program out of them actually. Um, they're always quite interesting. The guys that just interviews with the people that had left and stuff like that it was on the other night. Um, lies and lies and belief that something of touch of Scientology, but they're, they're fucking mental for sure. Um, oh, but we're not here mental. to speak about that. We're not here to speak about that. Colin, you uh, pulled together this episode after last week's talent show, and it is. I'm surprised actually because you don't like black and white stuff and. This guy was only in black and white stuff. Um, I'll saying that he might have been in some films later on in his career um, when colour came into it and the speakies, but he started as a silent movie star and he's the most famous one, and that's Charlie Chaplin, mate. Yes, Charlie Chaplin. Um, we have, let's, I don't want to show you how the sausage is made too much, but we have a shared drive, a bunch of ideas in it, a thought shower, you might say. And, uh, is that what, is, they don't call it that, do they? A thought shower? You're not allowed to, you're, you're, yeah, you've got to now because brainstorming isn't politically correct um, because right, it's, okay. brainstorming is um, offensive to people with epilepsy. Um, right, okay. So okay. instead of having a, a brainstorming shower. session, now you have a thought shower, yeah. Um, <laughs> I never knew that. Yeah, so we've got a thought shower document and I had a look through it last night. I found a thing about Hollywood. I started writing out um, some ideas and some notes to do a show about Hollywood and one of the things that came up was Charlie Chaplin. And I suddenly thought, you know what? This is actually a full show on this guy. Let's just learn about this guy because I don't actually know anything about him. Charlie Chaplin, I have seen a little clip of him in a house that falls down. And I've seen a clip that's, of him. That's, um, that's uh, Buster Keaton. Okay, I've seen the fake uh, Charlie <laughs> Chaplin with the house falling down. Aye, that's uh, a different guy, man. Yeah. Uh, okay. I have seen Charlie Chaplin doing um, kind of roller skating. Uh, indoors and he almost goes right to the edge and looks like he's going to fall down but I've seen a clip showing you that that's actually filmed on its side 
and he was always completely safe. So I have seen some Charlie Chaplin. Don't tell me that's fucking Lauren Hardy now or something. Oh no, no, I don't, I don't know about that. But the that one you're talking about, where the building falls down and he's standing just with the window. Um, yes, that was all just sort of like measured out to the inch, basically. Um, yeah, like health and safety wasn't so much of a thing back then. It was just a case of that if that if he was standing on the wrong X or whatever, he would have been seriously injured. But aye, that's Buster Keaton, man. Um, right, well, well, just all cards on the table. When I was doing this research last night, Buster Keaton's name did come up, yeah. and I thought that was a boxer. <laughs> Right, so. <laughs> Can I show you a boxer to be fair? Big Buster Keaton. Yeah. Um, right, but... It's also slang for cheating. Yeah. Oh, I, okay. I have now. Um, I hadn't before then, but yeah, it does make it's a good one. I like that. I don't mind the old uh, Cockney rhyming slang. It's it's uh, quite good for a for a made up nonsense language. Yeah, I'll lay it all out there as well. How much I know about Charlie Chaplin is very little. Um, he's got a very famous. Uh, he done a a satire about Hitler. So uh, before the war, maybe thirty seven, thirty eight. We'll probably get on to it. Um, he, he does the last dictator speech, which is a dead, dead famous speech in, in movie history, and it's quite, um, it's quite stirring. It's actually quite emotional. The speech because he wasn't just slapstick. A, a lot of it was, but he kind of got a wee bit serious. I think that says I've not read these notes in any great detail, so we'll probably come on to some of that stuff. But he was born. Uh, Way back in black and white times, uh, eighteen eighty nine, filmmaker. He also wrote a bit of music and stuff like that. Um, basically, the, the the biggest star in the world at the time through silent films before he went into the speakies, as they called them. Uh, the Tramp, probably one of Hollywood's most important figures. Basically, that was one of his characters. And he was in films for basically 75 years. This kind of blew my mind when he died, 1977. If somebody would have said to me, uh, if I was on Who Wants to Get a Millionaire, and they gave me four options, and one of them was When Did Charlie Chaplin Die, 1977, I would have I would have took a punt that he died in the 40s or 50s, man. Really? But, okay. Yeah, I, I don't know why. Because what, what age would they have been then? So 80, 80-odd. So he lived, uh, he lived, he lived yeah. quite, he lived quite long. To be fair, yeah. So, eighty, eighty-seven, he would have been eighty-six. So, yeah, um, yeah I'd have said probably about the fifties he died, but uh, that sort of surprised me there. I think as well the thing is, and it's a common thing that we all do. Nineteen seventy-seven was forty-five years ago. Like <laughs> it's, a, it's a long time ago. Exactly. It, it, you, you don't feel it's as long ago as that, but it's it's forty-five years ago. Um, but yeah, I get, I totally get your point as well about. Um, you, you do see him as more of a far earlier thing than dying. Because he was basically brought up in fucking Victorian England. Know what I mean? He <laughs> was, yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he he was born in London um, and was brought up in a place of poverty and hardship. His dad was absent, wasn't around, and his mother struggled quite um, bad financially. Uh, she was actually sent out to a workhouse twice. Um, sorry, he was sent to a workhouse before the age of nine twice to try and earn some money. And when he was 14, his mum was committed to a mental asylum. Um, so he began working and performing at an early age, touring music halls and later working as a stage actor and comedian. He got his first break, actually, Jack, when um, his mum had one of her funny turns and couldn't sing on stage. And okay. he went on and started, he went on and told a wee joke and did a wee dance. And that was his first sort of ever moment of fame sort of thing. And that's where he got, got the bug for it. All right. Okay. So his mother was a performer then back in Victorian England. He's done a bit of everything, his mother by all accounts, but yeah, she was part of a singing group right. at one point. Right, okay. I think we'll come on to the fact that he was a bit of a perfectionist, you know, he, he wrote, directed, 
produced, edited, starred in, and basically can composed the music for all of these films. And I think he was driven by that being brought up so poor that he really wanted to make as much money as he could. Um, that that financial independence um, basically gave him the the right, if you want, to like develop a film the way he wanted it, exactly the way he wanted it, because he was so famous. But slapstick comedy, like um, we mentioned before, um, and that tramp, you know, he struggled against adversity. So some social and political themes in there as well, um, some autobiographical elements, and he did receive an Orion Academy Award for the incalculable effect he had in making motion pictures the art form of this century. And that was in 1972, five years before his death. So, um, yeah, very much brought up, was working at nine years old and always wanted that financial independence and uh, became, he was the most famous person in the world. He was, and he did have that perfectionist sort of trait to him. Um, he worked in a short film called The Immigrant, Jack, and obviously this is pre-digitally shot 40,000 feet of film, which was a ridiculous amount for a 20-minute short film. Uh, he cast an actress called Virginia Sherrill in City Lights to say just two words, and those words were flower, sir. And he made her repeat them 342 times. <laughs> 342. Yeah, because he knew exactly what he wanted, how he wanted it to sound, and how he wanted it to look when she said it. Um, there's another film he did as well where he basically just destroyed 40,000 feet or so of film at the end of it and said, nah, this is shite. Get rid of it. Yeah. Um, so I think he'd probably quite an annoying guy, to be honest. Sounds um, like a pain in the arse, yeah. Um, I think he even tried to make a film once where he was the only person in it. Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> that that kind of was, I think even studios back then were probably like that. Nah, uh, wait a minute, Charlie. Um, you, you need some other actors in there. Um, actors go to far lengths, um, sometimes for their roles. Charlie Chaplin, no exception. So one day, ended up in the hospital with severe insulin shock. Right, so that's a diabetes thing, isn't it? Um, yes. So he reshot one scene for a film called The Gold Rush 63 times, and as a result, he had to eat a prop boot, which was made of black licorice over and over and over again and basically put himself into um give yourself an insulin shock yeah fucking hell. <laughs> which is absolutely mental um, a bit, that's quite funny <laughs> um as well as he's um obviously the mark he's got in history he's also got a bit of a footnote in law jack as well uh, in okay. the 40s there was an actress called joan berry and her and chaplin had an affair uh, at one point, he invited her to travel from LA to New York City. Uh, and while she was in New York, she spent time together. And apparently, he made her available to other individuals for immoral purposes, right? Basically, pimped her out. And what this did was, uh, this violated a thing at the time called the Man Act, which is, a, which is a law, basically, in which a person isn't allowed to cross state lines for depraved behaviour. Okay, okay. I know that's one thing I didn't know about him, that he was... Um... A shagger, a lad, 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 and he, he liked them young, which I think we'll probably get to at some point as well. So Chaplin violated this act because he paid for uh, the actress's trip to New York in October in 1942, uh, while he was also visiting the city. Both Chaplin and Barry agreed that they'd met there briefly, and according to her, uh, they had sexual intercourse. Chaplin claimed that the last time he was intimate with Barry was in May, um, 
a couple of months before that, basically. Uh, she went off her nut, so she did. <laughs> <laughs> she, she did. Um, she's a psycho. In December of that year, she broke into his house with a handgun and she threatened suicide while holding him at gunpoint. This yeah. lasted all night until the next morning when he was finally able to kind of overpower her and get the gun from her. She broke in a second time later on that month and that, at that point he had her arrested. She was then prosecuted for vagrancy in January of the following year because she'd been unable to pay her hotel bills. And she was found wandering the streets of Beverly Hills after taking an overdose of drugs. Yeah, so she certainly had a fucking hard time with it, man. She was obviously mentally unstable. She did have a child in 1943 and claimed it was Charlie Chaplin's, which he he said, no, not mine. I don't want anything to do with it. And through blood tests, it was confirmed that Chaplin was not the father. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but because the tests were inadmissible in California courts, he had to endure two separate trials, basically. So he was getting dragged through the courts uh, in a paternity case basically even though the blood evidence stated otherwise like, if, like this is mad because it like the, the blood says he's not a dad but the jury concluded that he was like they must have just not obviously at the time had no trust in the science or whatever because that seems yeah, like that did. just seems so fucking bizarre i think um, it's like the test the test at the time were like uh the cherry on the top but this the hearsay and the opinion is still swayed but above all Right, like you okay. say, just 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 no confidence in them at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of ruined his reputation a fair bit, oh, and he had to pay child support. And um, but what this meant was this ruling that happened with him on this occasion basically reformed state paternity laws that still stand just now, and they all come about because of this case with Charlie Chaplin. And it was because he was one of the first people that was ordered by the court to pay a set amount every month for perpetuity. Basically, so he was still paying that. Like what? What happened? To the the young girl got to eighteen. Still... I think I think it still kept going on for this one. I think this was this was a perpetuity one because right. I'm I should have read somewhere that this this child cost them like hundreds of thousands of dollars, and it worked out as a, it was this pretty much a lifetime thing. Yeah, his love life was an absolute shambles. Really, um, he was twenty nine. And he had, at the time, he liked him young, like I said earlier, he had a 16-year-old lover called Mildred, which is such an old person's name. Um, but yeah, you can't imagine a 16-year-old <laughs> called Mildred, can you? <laughs> oh, no. Um, she, confessed to him that, uh, she confessed to him that she was pregnant, forcing him to marry her on a quickie wedding. Uh, Chaplin was deeply unhappy in his first marriage, but he didn't know that things were going to basically take a turn from the worse. Um, yeah, when their son was born, he was severely malformed and died a couple of days later. Um, yeah, uh, within a year after that, obviously the heartache or something like that, the two of them got divorced. Um, Harris herself got some property from him in this divorce settlement and a £100,000 settlement. Uh, £100,000, Jack, back in the early 1900s. Mental, huge, ridiculous money. Yeah. Let's just kind of put this story on repeat a little bit because his second marriage uh, went along similar lengths um, to a girl called Lita. When I say a girl, I mean a girl. She was 16 years old as well, uh, got pregnant and Chaplin was absolutely terrified that the authorities would charge him because, well, he was having sex with a minor. Um, So he hastily wed the the girl in Mexico uh, and tried to be happy, but uh, he wasn't. Which makes which is kind of unsurprising, you know. He spent all of his free time away from home, desperately trying to just avoid um, the mother of his daughter. Uh, 
but they still had two kids together. They did. Uh, <laughs> when, by, the time, by the time 1926 came along, she'd had enough and she left him taking the kids with her. Um, but she filed for divorce and everything unraveled at that point. She was bitter. She charged him with infidelity and misconduct. She also made it clear that he had perverted desires. And uh, she went to the press and basically told them all these allegations and soon the public got on his back and were trying to ban his films. He ended up paying her $825,000. Um, $19.20 or something? Yeah, in nineteen twenty six, eight hundred and twenty five thousand, um, and they end up the legal costs took it up to close to nearly one million dollars, um, and apparently one of his biographers said that this marriage was the inspiration behind the novel Lolita by Vladimir Nobakov about a man's obsession with a twelve year old girl. Yeah, I think I've heard of that Lolita. I think not read it, but I think I've heard of it. Um, quite a a famous novel, I think. Um, scandal followed this guy about non-stop, but Charlie Chaplin, uh, one of the most infamous events was his involvement in the mysterious demise of the producer Thomas Ince. The incident happened aboard Tycoon William Hearst's yacht, where according to, again, just a rumour, uh, Chaplin seduced the guy's mistress, and when the multi-millionaire found out he tried to shoot Charlie Chaplin. People seem to try to shoot this guy a lot, man. <laughs> um, but mistook ends for the comedian instead. Alright, so you never even knew who Charlie Chaplin was and ended up killing somebody else. Is that what that's what happened. happened. Yeah, that's how, Robert, hell, that's, how, that's how Thomas Ince died, yeah. Uh, they, they, they say that the version of these events is probably more truth than fiction, actually. Um, but it was the scandal of the day. And it added one more controversy to Chaplin's big, massive list of people pulling guns on him and sleeping with minors and so on and so forth. He um, got a wife, number three, Jack, a woman called Paulette Goddard. And she was his only sort of age-appropriate bride. Um, she was, he was 47 and she was 22, okay. um, which, is, which is lovely. That's good. He's doing well there and it's legal, which is nice. Um, they married in 1936 they stayed married for 6 years and they drifted apart because they both were mutually devoted to their own work Right, what did she do, do you know? I'm throwing a question um, no. I think it was art related Right, okay, okay uh, More public troubles again um, his last marriage is probably <laughs> his most infamous after those ones uh, he was 54 in 1943 and he married Ona O'Neill. What age she was? She wasn't 16, she was 17. Yeah. 17, yeah. Yeah. A famous playwright, Eugene O'Neill, was her father, and he condemned the union and cut off all contact. Hello, friends. Colin here. The looks, the charm, and the brains behind Drunk Their Memory. Just wanted to pop in and interrupt your listing pleasure to let you know about our Patreon and some changes that we've made to it recently. We've now introduced a £1 tier where you get absolutely hee-haw other than the sense of achievement that could only come from supporting two great guys like myself and Jack. We've also reduced the price of the two top tiers uh, by a pound on each of them just because we appreciate life is a little bit shit just now and uh, if we can make things a little bit better for people then we will so check us out at patreon.com forward slash wrong term memory and you'll be able to get early access to shows, ad free and lots of bonus content.
that with his daughter for the rest of his life. The couple had eight, eight children, including actress Geraldine Chaplin. Uh, the actor obviously had a well-known taste for young girls, but this was the one that the public found hardest to take because he was getting older and older, so 54. Um, I don't, I don't see how it makes much difference. Um, if you're a 34-year-old or a 54-year-old um, sleeping with 16 and 17-year-olds, it's just fucking manky. But, uh, yeah, people didn't. People really didn't like this one. And it's the fact that she was firing out children left, right and centre, man. <laughs> she did. That, that, um, that actress child that they mentioned, Geraldine Chaplin, Jack, um, she went on to have a child herself, a daughter, who you and I both have watched in Game of Thrones. Um, right. She is the woman in Game of Thrones that ends up married to... Um, Robert Stark, the the nurse, uh, no. the one that the one the one that he ends up going with uh, when he's supposed to be married. He's supposed to be getting married to one of Castor's wives, uh, one of Castor's right, daughters. Okay. Remember, and he goes with the other woman instead. I think she was a nurse or something to begin with. Yeah, I think you're yeah, right. She not, she, did she not treat? Um, was she not like treating the wounds on the war field and stuff like that? Yeah, um, she was with him. She was with him at the right, right, the okay. mother. Where they get the old uh, arrow, um, but yeah, she, she ended up in Game of Thrones. Um, the marriage uh, was bathed in controversy, obviously, because of the age differences and stuff like that. But it did have a surprisingly happy ending. He said the day they met was the happiest event of his life. She worshipped him, and um, they were together until he died in 1977. Like you said, eight children, no more controversy. They, they seemed to love each other, and despite the age difference, it worked. Yeah, um, true. Thirty odd years together, basically. Yeah, which is it's good going. Like people, not, not, not a lot of people manage that. The fact, the fact that it comes around with, with this relationship is the, the probably the one thing I knew about Chaplin before I looked into this was that he welcomed his living child into the world. He fathered this child when he was seventy three years old, Jack. Uh, seventy three years and three months um, when he he fathered his son. He did 10 children before that, between 1919 and 1959. Mm-hmm. Um, but in 19, uh, sorry, in 1962, when they had the 11th baby, um, 73 years of age and still having children, mate. Mental. That's mad, that's mad. Yeah, um, going back to that actress, she, um, she kind of, when she thought about her grandfather, basically, um, she still thinks of the guy with the moustache and the bowler hat and a funny walk. Basically, doesn't see him as a as a as a part of the family. You know, she she didn't. I don't presume she would have known him. Um, she, can't, she can't have. She can't have known him much, no, Jack. Because, I don't think. Because... No, she can't have. She can't have known him at all because if he died in seventy seven, that 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 girl, I would say, was at the most sort of mid thirties or something like that. Yeah, I'd say at most she's our age. So, yeah, yeah. So no, she wouldn't have known him at all. So she's got this image in her head of she doesn't think, oh, there's granddad. It's, it's Charlie Chaplin, which kind of yeah. makes a bit of sense, I suppose. Yeah, it's better than thinking about your grandpa, the shagger that was fucking shagging <laughs> sixteen-year-olds and all that. Uh, so yeah, you younger, think thinking younger than you. Yeah. Aye, think think about the funny walk. Um, got a bit a bit of trouble with the FBI, Jack, during the Second World War. Um, okay. His reputation was already tarnished because of the allegations against him from his exes and stuff like that. Um, however, the English accused him of being a coward uh, back in World War One because he, he didn't go and fight. Um, and J. Edgar Hoover, the head of the FBI, became very suspicious of Chaplin's wartime motives 
and he created a file on him based on his supposed political learnings. Right, okay. Um, so just after the war finished, the government got really pissed off at him and subpoenaed him, and he had to testify for the House of Un-American Activities, uh, their committee. Um, he was suspected of having communist sympathies, basically. And back in the day, back then, if you were a commie, you were a baddie, basically. But he decided not to turn up um, to testify. Uh, but in 1952, got a nasty surprise because uh, the government don't forget shit like that, basically. And the US denied him entry into the country after he'd gone to London for a movie premiere. So they basically barred him for the country. And he was temporarily exiled and moved to Switzerland. I suppose Switzerland's a nice place, even back in the day, then I'd imagine that. But still, uh, they decided to bar him from, from getting back. Uh, that would be a pain in the ass, man, you're hoosing on it. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's been one thing getting kicked out of country, but just not been allowed to go back into it to even get your shit and get your stuff would be frustrating. He, um, You mentioned earlier, Jack, how money, how money sort of orientated he was. That was one of the reasons why he chose Switzerland, because of the tax element of being in Switzerland. All right, yeah, it makes sense. Um, he got a really big house there, which is actually now a museum. You can go and actually tour the house that he lived in, and it's like a Charlie Chaplin museum now in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pe- people people were getting a bit sick of him as well. Like, you know, when, when the public turned against you like that, um, his stock fell pretty quickly, and basically Americans wanted nothing to do with his films in 1946, just after the one even booed him uh, at the premiere of Monsieur Verdot. And many audiences basically just boycotted its release, as well as the release of his next film, Limelight. They just thought, nah, fuck him. He's a creepy, creepy weirdo, sh- shake bag, I suppose, or whatever, communist. <laughs> so probably getting called all sorts of names. But yeah, the, 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 that was a fall from grace, obviously, after the war. Yeah, he went on to direct Marlon Brando in a film called A Countess from Hong Kong, and it didn't go very well. Um, when you think about like, at the time, there's probably no bigger movie superstars of all time, really, than Charlie Chaplin or Marlon Brando, really. Um, but one of his styles when directing was that he liked to impersonate each of the actors <laughs> right. in order to show them what to do in the scene. And Brando was, quite rightly, insulted and disgusted to see Charlie Chaplin take on his role and threatened to quit the production. Uh, he later went on to say that Chaplin was the most sadistic man he'd ever met. Yeah, like, obviously the tramp... Um, and Adolf Hitler and Charlie Chaplin, they've got that moustache. Um, even though the two men, <laughs> even though the two men couldn't have been more different, well, that's good to know. Um, wasn't just a coincidence, reportedly, the German dictator knew how popular Chaplin was and he might have grown his moustache just to basically look like Charlie Chaplin, that endearing comedian. But I also heard, I don't know. If there's anybody that's into history, like I'm, I'm into history, but I'm not really into the uh, World War, the, the wars, basically. But I think I read somewhere that he had bad sight or something in one of his just, eyes. Hitler. Um, Hitler. And I know he only, only had one ball. Uh, that's it, that's it. But maybe I've, maybe I've took, that, took that the wrong way. So, yeah, um, Adolf Hitler wanted to look like Charlie Chaplin. Don't know if that means if he was a fan of him or if it was just a propaganda thing. I'm sure people thought he looks like the silly comedian guy. Yeah, I think it's probably more so propaganda. Get himself light, look like somebody who's seen to be popular, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
he obviously Charlie Chaplin also did a film, The Great Dictator, that you mentioned earlier. He almost pulled the plug on that film because he was worried that people wouldn't find a mockery of Hitler funny. Um, when it came time to make the decision, he actually got encouragement from President Franklin Roosevelt, uh, who called Chaplin up and said, "Go forward with this movie, make it." Um, but Charlie Chaplin later said that had he known the extent of the Nazi Party's actions, he would never have made the film. Had I known the actual horrors of the German concentration camps, I would not have made The Great Dictator. I could not have made fun of the homicidal insanity of the Nazis. So it sounds like he he made this without really knowing the full picture or really properly knowing what was going on over there, which it seems mental, but when you think about it, it's a different world to what we lived in just now and information and all that doesn't flow as freely and stuff like that, so I can kind Mm -hmm. of understand it. I see, because I, I think I said that earlier it was before the World War. It was actually 1940 that film was released, so the war had started. Right. Um, I thought I thought he'd I thought he'd done it a year or two before it, um, and just took the picture of this funny German guy. Uh, but it was actually made during the war, so I can see why um, he would think to himself, "Bit of a bit of a bit of a fucking touchy subject to say the least." Um, according to Lore, so this is this might not be true. Uh, Chaplin once entered a Chaplin lookalike competition uh, just to see who'd won the prize for his own iconic look, and he was disappointed. Supposedly, I think this is nonsense. Um, depends where you read it, but he, he never won it. Basically, came second or third. But again, I don't know if that's actually true because it's it's one of those stories that you hear about a few actors that have got like a very specific look or whatever that they enter their own lookalike competition and never won. So I, I don't know if that one's true, to be perfectly honest with you, but at least uh, the notes say that according to lore. So they're, they're sort of backing themselves up. They're saying it might not be true, but I don't think it is. <laughs> Listen, it's not like us to get something wrong, so nope. I, I doubt it. Um, in 1975, he was knighted by the Queen, our Queen, Queen Elizabeth II. Um, she knighted him when he was 85 years old. Uh, the honour had previously been proposed but rejected back in 1931 because he didn't serve in World War One. And then again in 1956, he wanted to knight him. But the Conservative Party in time, who were in government, did not want to damage the relationship with the United States during the Cold War. So they called off doing it then. So they had to wait till he was actually 85 years of age before he became a knight of the realm. Uh, fair enough, fair enough. Talking about relationships, um, we've started up a partnership with David Cox Butchers, which I'm sure some of you will have seen on Twitter. Uh, but for those of you not on Twitter, because I did find out the other day when we put out a podcast that there is, there is quite a few folk not on Twitter. So if you go to... Yeah, you, you owe me money for that, actually. Yeah, I'll, yeah uh, I think it went up to £20, because I think somebody else commented the other day that they didn't yeah. have Twitter. So oh yeah, score. Um, if you spend a score at the butchers um, on their online store, you can get free delivery using the code WTM3DEAL, F-R-E-E. D-E-L. Now you've had stuff from the place calling. I have yet to put an order in. I hold my hands up, but I'm going to. I'm going to be doing it soon as because I do fancy. Like I seen a picture of the breakfast pie thing, and it just. I just thought, oh fuck, that looks amazing, man. But you've you've <laughs> had you, you've you've had stuff because um, I think the pies were at Mary, Mary Hill, uh, the football ground. Yeah, uh, yeah I've had, I've had stuff actually from um, that butchers before they were a sponsor of ours. I've been yeah. using them for a couple. Of, I've been using them for a couple of years, and. Their stuff is second to none. The breakfast pies are just ridiculous. A, a, a breakfast pie doesn't do it justice. What you're talking about here is an actual pie casing, which has got a square sausage in it, bacon in it, black pudding in it, um, and beans in it, all in the one pie. Oh, fantastic. Um, 
Yeah, well, you say fantastic. Some people would think that sounds mental, but honestly, it's tremendous. But that's like that's one little thing they do: the the meat, the chicken, the beef, the steaks, all that top top class. Especially the the dry aged stuff they've got on the go now. There's not many places in Glasgow where you can get proper dry aged steaks. That is one of them, and the Brigton store. So yeah, I would definitely check them out. And like Jack says, if you go on their website, which will be linked in all the show notes and everything else, you can get free delivery, get it direct to your house. And um, it's still the summer, it's still barbecue season, why not do it? Yeah, we'll do a heat wave, I think, next week. I heard that. So, anyway, so, they, so th- they say, yeah. A three-week heat wave. So, barbecue's out, get your steaks on there, tasty, tasty as fuck. Um, right, back to Charlie Chaplin. Uh, squeeze that in there pretty smoothly, I think. Uh, Chaplin's home in Beverly Hills was called Breakaway House, and it was a popular spot with the Hollywood. Um, got a and stuff like that. Charlie loved entertaining guests by screening his films. This guy sounds like an absolute pain in the cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys, it. and see my movie. I watched my movie. Um, uh, he sounds like a dick. Um, I like to play a little bit of tennis and stuff like that. The mansion, however, has been built... Um, by oh, I remember this. I've heard of this by because he was tight fisted, right? Yeah, and he didn't get real carpenters in. He got like studio carpenters who build fucking sets. Um, within a couple of years, it started, <laughs> just started to fall apart because it wasn't maybe the right wood, like the nails. Were, and right, I don't know, but um, he was. That's the reason he done it was because he, he's tight fistedness. He didn't want to pay pay real builders. <laughs> what he what he did there, Jack, like by inviting people to his house to watch some of his movies would be like you saying to some of your pals, guys, come on, run, and have a wee listen to Wrong Term Memory. <laughs> uh, uh, Alexa, play Wrong Term Memory. And you sit oh, down and you go, that's me, guys, that's me. I cannot. I, I hate, <laughs> I just hate speaking about, I just hate, I, like, I, love, what, I love what we do, but... See, when, when people just bring up conversation and stuff, like, I just feel dead cringy even speaking about it, man. Like, I love it. And you know, I mean, there's, there's hundreds and hundreds of people that, that listen to it and enjoy it, but I just I just, I just, just clam up inside like, no, don't make me speak about it. Um, so, I, yeah, that would be the last thing I did is fucking bringing people around one room. Uh, I've, had, to this I've, had a few, I've, I've had a few situations in work where I've been in meetings or on calls and stuff like that, and because of what I do, I've got so many different stakeholders and stuff like that. So I'm meeting new people all the time, virtually and on calls. And I've had two or three different people at different points like stop me and say, "Are you calling at this heart and hand?" Yeah. And like you know me, right? Part of me like sits there with a pinger, right? But the other <laughs> half, but the other half just wants to die. So it's like a quite awkward situation to be in. But it is weird. It's it's not cool. I also got recognised. My voice got recognised in the queue for the Apple Store one day by a guy a guy who's now a friend of mine, Ryan, who works for Apple. And he's now my go-to Apple guy with the old discounts. So thank you, Ryan. But I was stood in the queue talking and he just stopped and went, Colin? And I just <clears> had that moment where I don't know who he was, but he knew me and it, it's, it never fails to amaze me. Oh, no, nah, mate, I don't, I don't like it. Uh, I don't like it. You want to tell us about the, the letter he found? Yeah, this is mad. So uh, in 2011... Long after he was dead, obviously, his family found a mysterious letter which was locked away in a drawer with all his belongings. And what was in it basically changed everything. Um, in it, a man named Jack Hill states that Chaplin was actually born in a gypsy caravan that belonged to his aunt, who was a gypsy queen. Mm-hmm. There was no further clues or no further evidence to back this up, 
But the popular belief is that it must have been important, it must have been true. Otherwise, he wouldn't have kept this letter under lock and key. It would, if it was just nonsense, he would have thrown it out. So apparently, perhaps some of the story being from Victorian times and the family life wasn't quite accurate. It, it might have been a bit of a gypsy. Right, okay. Yeah, you wouldn't. I don't think you would hold on to a letter like that. You would just bin it if it never held some sort of meaning to you. So, yeah, there's, um, again, not saying that that's... 100% true, but why Why would you hold on to it, basically? Like, and it wasn't just that when he was alive um, that he was kind of surrounded by controversy and stuff like that. Uh, he, when he died in 1977, he actually died on Christmas Day. Um, they buried him, obviously, um, and then they received a phone call from the police, basically, saying somebody's uh, stole your dad, basically. Oh, no, they phoned the wife, I think, and said somebody stole your husband out of the ground. Um, and they want a ransom for it. Uh, they wanted six hundred thousand dollars to return the body. Um, the phone lines were getting tapped, which led authorities to two men, Roman Wardas and Gansko Ganev, and they confessed the crime and showed the police where Chaplin's body was, which they had buried in a cornfield near the gravesite. So they just basically moved them a couple of yards down the road, basically, and not getting put in jail. Um, but they did. Oh, this is nice. What's not? Uh, they wrote "I'm sorry" letters. Um, begging for forgiveness, and she did forgive them, which is like, you'd find it difficult to forgive something to fucking dug your husband out of a fucking grave. But um, she decided to forgive them. So a bigger, um, a bigger, she's a bigger woman than me. But you know what I mean? <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> um, so yeah, the when he died, the exact value of his estate when he died was difficult to assess because it was held in Switzerland. But in 1977, it's known that he left at least. $100 million to Una, his wife. Uh, that equates now, Jack, to $415 million. Okay. And that's after adjusting that for inflation. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you think, he obviously, he lived to a decent old age. He spent money all his life. He was paying money to ex-wives all his life, supporting 11 children all his life. He still was sitting on the stacks and stacks and stacks of big bills. Yeah. It's that old adage, you kind of take it with you, but he was so tight-fisted that he would just probably just looked at his current account balance, probably got that bank statement through every month and just thought, fucking excellent. <laughs> it's, it's funny that, like, so I was, I always think that you can't take it with you. Like, I always think that you just get so, so rich that you just spend. And I've said to you before, like, things like, so Stephen Gerrard, for example, I've said to you and some of the other guys that I've got no idea why he's a manager. Like, why does he want to do that? He's played football all that, like, all his life. He's made himself into a multi, multi, multi millionaire, and he's now got a job, but he's still working weekends, right? I just don't get it. If I was him, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be away on an island doing all sorts of stuff, right? But then I've been watching quite a lot of Shark Tank recently, and uh, Mark Cuban is one of the main guys on it, and he's a proper, proper billionaire. So I went down a bit of a rabbit hole on YouTube with Mark Cuban, and it was all about making money and what motivates him, and he says like. When you first start making money, you just want to make a better life for yourself. And then you want to make a better life for your family and for your kids. But he says, yeah. if you get to like a certain state of wealth, you actually start thinking about a dynasty. And you start thinking about your kids, these kids, these kids, these kids, these kids. And basically, right. basically looking after your bloodline forever, basically. Which is mad. Uh, like, nah, fair enough, fair enough. Like, and just kind of get like... Can it get to that stage where you just get so much money you can't fucking spend it? Like, I, I could give it a good go. 
I think I would get a bash as well, mate. Did you see? I think there was a lottery in America recently, and the, the prize went over a billion dollars. Yeah, I saw lottery. that. Yeah. One, 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 one person won it. Did they? Yeah, it went to one, one person. person. Yeah, one Fucking person won hell. it. Fuck. Um, <laughs> and they'll get they'll get the they'll get the choice now of right. they can they can have the billion dollars if they want it, or they'll be offered something like one and a half billion. But if they take it, basically, in yearly instalments for the next 50 years or whatever. I take it on a banner, man. Geez it. <laughs> uh, I think I'd be tempted to take it in a banner. Like financially, you absolutely shouldn't. You should, you should take it in small instalments and get more and have it forever. But if somebody's offering you a million, a billion dollars, mate, fuck me. Like, oh, I'm just making myself sad now thinking about it. <laughs> I, know. Um, I know. So, aye, yeah. it's what a life it would be. Um, but that, mate, is Charlie Chaplin, who is far more interesting, had far more about him and had a more exciting life than I actually thought he did. I just thought he was a black and white bastard, funny moustache, bit of a shagger, <laughs> having wanes when he was old. But there was more to it than that. And uh, I quite enjoyed the research and putting this together. So I hope you enjoyed it too. I enjoyed it, mate. Um, I knew bits, tidbits about him, but it was interesting to learn how he was such a sort of controversial figure um, throughout his life. So, yeah. Uh, I think we'll call it a day there, mate. So, cheers. Cheers. Thanks, mate. We'll speak to you soon. Bye.